Good day and welcome to Autism in Color. I'm your host, LaBecky Rowe, here with Siobhan Robinson. And today we are interviewing Ashley Saxon. She has a three-year-old son. His name is Cairo. He was recently diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. And we are so glad to have her. We initially met Ashley at the Autism Speaks Walk back in October. Yeah, so welcome, Ashley. Welcome, Siobhan. Hello. (laughs) Hi, Ashley. It's good to see you. Yes, good to see both of you guys. I was happy to meet you in October. Yes, how have you been? I'm okay, I'm okay. He's okay. Just here. Okay, how's Cairo? He's great. He's learning. He's in um he's in an IEP program in Fort Mill Elementary, which has helped him tremendously. And every day we take it one day at a time. Okay, I remember when we first met you back at the walk and you were under mm-hmm. now, the, now, now, now. You had now. what am I trying to say? You stated that you felt that your son was on the spectrum however you had not had him tested yet but you were on the list to get him tested so tell Mm -hmm. me about that what led you to believe that he may be on the spectrum well the first well first first it started because he um had a speech delay but that wasn't a big concern because kids have speech delays his dad didn't start talking to about three but it was little things that um kind of caught my eye when it came to he couldn't adapt to change or he liked the things in a routine or um he he wasn't eating he only wanted to drink milk and he um shuts down a lot and get frustrated a lot and I'm just like as I watched him he would grow and he would get smarter but then there were things that would stand out and I was just like hmm something's wrong and I kind of brought it to his first pediatrician and she's the one that suggested that I um speak with someone and that's how I got connected with baby net and baby net is the one that kind of pointed out the things that I needed to look for and um they was a really good help up until he turned three and they're the ones that helped me get the appointment for the developmental piece Okay. Did you did you know anything about autism prior to someone telling you about it? Because you said something, you said that you knew something was amiss. However, did you know about autism prior to well, what am I trying yeah. to say? Okay. Prior to my son, of course, yeah. Um it's something that is very um visible in the world now, period. Like it's not something that people are turning the other cheek to at this point. And I'm from New York and I've noticed I actually have a nephew that's autistic. However, um, my sister, she. She's in denial. I I wouldn't say denial. Um, She's my sister on my father's side and her mother is um, from Ghana. And that just with their culture, they kind of don't believe in those type of things so it's just something that she was raised not understanding and when people are ignorant to certain things they just don't know and I've learned when someone don't know they don't know and she hasn't fully tried to educate herself because her son is so smart but 
I, I think that people miss the fact that autism doesn't mean that your kid is not smart. Actually, right. to me, your kid is smarter than all of them because they think differently. They analyze things differently. They deep, they look into things deeper than what we do. And mm-hmm. um, I just knew that I didn't know what was going on with him, but I just knew something was up. And I did start to speak to a few people that I knew that that handle kids with autism. I have a friend that works as a guided counselor in a, in a disability school. And I also, another reason why I knew a lot about autism is because when I lived in New York, I worked for the DOE as a, a para. And most of the paras in the DOE in New York City either work with kids with behavioral issues or kids that's either on the spectrum. So I had one of the two kids and because I was a substitute para, I didn't stick to one kid. Every week I had a different kid. Sometimes I would do like a contract where I'll have them for a month or two, but I got to experience different kids in different type of life. Okay. So, so you had a lot of, a lot of exposure to a lot a of, a lot of exposure, all different types of kids. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's what I thought because when you, when you, suspected that your son may have autism i figured you've had to have been in the environment where there were kids who were on the spectrum in order to know that something was amazing something was up yeah and it took a while for me to know that because in the that my concerns with cairo started once he turned two as soon as he turned two that's when my concerns because yes he did not speak um, however, um, that wasn't the speech part wasn't my issue. It was everything else that kept coming to light. Once he turned two, the, um, the, like not, he has a hard time with changing his clothes and, and every week there was just something new that was different about him that just changed. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm just like, something is up. And I had people in my life that try to discover me like my, one of my sisters, she doesn't have kids. And I'm not saying because she doesn't have the kids that she she shouldn't have an opinion, but he's my kid. Right, yeah. And nobody knows more for him but me. Um, and I noticed something was different about him. And I um, said, okay, you know, something's going on. And I see that something's going on. And I spoke to my mom and my mother told me like, Ashley, you're his mother. If you think something is going on and you need to check it out, you need to check it out. If you're concerned, you have a reason to be concerned. Mm-hmm. When, when, when you say that he had, um, I guess, problems putting his clothes on, is that what you said? Yeah, it started with him not wearing to wear clothes. Oh, okay. So was it the the sensation of having clothes touching him? Like what was? No, I didn't think. How that. did it show up? It, so he just, when we were at home, he just wanted to be naked all the time. He wanted to be naked at home. Once he was in his comfort zone, he did not want to wear clothes. He still does that now. But mm-hmm. he's at the point where he's older now when we're about to go outside and like, you have to put on clothes or it's cold in here, Cairo. You have to put on clothes. He doesn't like it, but he'll put it on, but it disturbs him. So I try to do things that don't disturb him. If I feel like it make my son uncomfortable, then if you want to be naked, we're going to put the heat on to 75 just mm-hmm. to make you comfortable. And then um, from there, the next issue was he um, started to not like certain um like he didn't want to change his clothes. Once you could get him to put clothes on to go outside, now he wants to wear the same outfit over and over again. And if you change it, it disturbs him. I would take him to school. He would not function at school. Like I would have to go pick him up. If, and then when I would put on the outfit that he wants that next day, he had a good day. It would like really disturb him. 
So in terms of him, you said he he could not function at school. What were his behaviors? What how were his behaviors? He was shut down completely. Just completely shut down, just sit there crying, asking for his mother, just would just shut down. Wow. And he and it started from the house when I put the clothes on him in the car, all the way there. And and then I realized, like, oh, this whole time it was the clothes. It was the clothes he did not want to wear. And now he's acting like this. And then for my birthday week, we went to Atlanta and I made him change his clothes. He was mad. He cried all the way to the restaurant. He wore this gap sweatsuit. It was blue. It was like navy blue and baby blue. The next day, after he cried because he didn't want to wear it, he wanted to wear his Nike suit that he was used to. The next day, he wanted to wear the gap suit because he remember wearing it the day before. That was his <laughs> new session. It's like you can, once you get him, and then I will learn how to control the situation. Like if I want to go outside, I will get dressed and put his clothes downstairs by the door. Mm. And then he see me about to walk out the door. He's like, oh, no, 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 mommy's leaving. I'll put on whatever you want. So it's just, just <laughs> put the clothes on me. And sometimes I have to revert to that when I don't want him to give me a hard time. I have to actually just put his clothes on. Because this just, this not want to change his clothes started like, July. Mm. Before I had to wear clothes, and when I got him to wear clothes, he would wear anything. But now it went from not wanting to wear clothes to not want to change his clothes, and it's just one thing after another. So he has his specific things that he likes. So once you get a minute, you can't get him out of. Can't it. get him out of it, no matter what it is. If it's something that you want to put on him, now he wants to wear it over and over and over again. You shared with me the very beginning when you were trying to get a diagnosis for your son. You shared with me the challenges that you experienced. Could you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, honestly, the, the resource, I wouldn't say the resources out here in South Carolina was bad. It's, it's probably because the exposure you get in New York is just so large that when I got here and realized that, yo, I can't get him an appointment. This is insane. So Long story short, when I first got, when I first tried to get him an appointment back of last April, 2021 April, they said, hey, we're going to, um, we're going to refer you. They referred me in May, May, the doctor finally called me in June. In June, they told me my appointment was going to be February, 2022. Oh my gosh. I was annoyed, but I had finally got an appointment. In November, they called me again. They called me in November and was like, hey, so the doctor is pregnant and we have to, she will be on maternity leave and I have to change your appointment to June, 2022. Now that's a full oh, circle because right. my first, I got it in June. So I'm like, well, now that's a full year from my original appointment. When I made this appointment, this lady wasn't even pregnant because I could do the math. Right. <laughs> that part. <laughs> the lady got the lady kind of got rude with me. And, um, you know, like I, like I told Miss Becky, the old me would have told her some not nice words. But mm -hmm. I realized I needed to be an advocate for my son. And that was going to get me nowhere. So, you know, I kind of explained to her, like, she was rude. And I didn't tell her that she was rude. I didn't have to pull her card. I just said, listen, Miss, I just need an appointment for my son. Like, he has some issues and I do not know how to help him. I feel like I'm failing him because I do not know how to help him because I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know how to assist him on a day to day. And I need somebody that do know to help me. I think that she felt bad. 
And um, she gave me that appointment for June. And then she hung up with me. And about seven days later, she gave me a call back and asked me, can I come in, in 24 hours, which was the next day. And I told her, yeah. And my son got an appointment, which is so funny because I got a different doctor who's not pregnant. And next appointment, he went to the appointment in, in June, no, in um, November. His next appointment is in May. So it's still before his original first appointment. Right. Oh virtual. <laughs> and that one was virtual. No, I, I went in. We spent no, no, about no. two hours doctor. I'm saying the, <coughs> pardon me, the, the appointment in June was virtual? No. No, no. no oh, okay. Virtual. Okay. I thought. Not virtual. It's just that it just was a full circle because I initially made the appointment in June right. of 2021. His appointment was going to be 2022. Right. It had been a whole year. Right. Yeah. So I went there with a journal that I created for Cairo. Every time I saw something that he was having a hard time with, with he, him getting frustrated, the way he lined things up. There's a lot of things that I noticed how he walks on his tippy toe and just a lot of different things that I noticed like uh, this is a little different so I um I read my journal to her I told her everything I had concerns with it I had dates times scenarios um we spent uh, like about an hour going through that actually my boyfriend was upset because he said I didn't give him time to talk but I was passionate about it I didn't realize that I was being a bully but I was <laughs> I had- you, were bully- <laughs> you were bullying for Cairo I know. And he, you know, he, he was caught, his feelings was hurt. And I, I didn't mean to do that. And he should have told me slow down because I needed her to understand like what I saw and what I've noticed because I didn't know when I was going to next appointment. And then she actually spent time with Cairo when she shut down and did not want to do the things that she wanted to do. So she got to kind of see and um, speak with him. And then she left for a few minutes and then she came back. And basically told me that Cairo needs um, occupational therapy for his feet eating because he doesn't eat. He eats Chick-fil-A. And if you don't give him Chick-fil-A or make him like a beef sausage, he won't eat anything else. Like you, he was just starved. When I, I was not feeling good last week and I couldn't go to Chick-fil-A, he chose not to eat the whole time. Oh my he just wanted, he drinks Pediasure milk, which costs me a lot of money a week. I have to buy th- almost three cases a week sometimes. Most, most weeks... I have to buy two cases, which they're $37 a piece for the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some days, I, some weeks, I have to buy three cases a week. He, or he wants to drink his milk all day. When he's in daycare, it makes it easier because I don't send milk. So it's either he eats what I give him or he just waits till he gets home. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, with him drinking all that milk, how is his, how is his stomach? Does he have, does he have, um, does he experience any constipation from all the his milk. bowel movement is fine that's really good his um, bowel movement is fine he drinks pediasure he is actually bigger than the average three-year-old he's like 98 percent bigger than the average three-year-old he's huge um but he's not overweight they said you are not our first interview where the parents have said that their kid is pretty much hooked on pediasure mm-hmm. and there's it's something the in it that our kids on the spectrum like. I have no idea what it is, but they really like that pediatrician. Well, it, it, it's it's a it's a meal prep. It's like um it's like a full meal. So it gives them that they need too. I understand that, but some parts of that is not good for them because there's there's too much. I don't know if it's sugar. There's something in it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. a lot of sugar, and so mm-hmm. that. 
that could be the what am I trying to say? That that could be the link because I think that our kids that are on the spectrum like a lot of sugar. That's why they like ketchup. That's why they like syrup. Those things. He doesn't like any sauces. Really? He eat French fries with no sauce. He don't put no when he so you it's a hit or miss to get him to eat a waffle, but don't put nothing. He don't like no type of sauce. Give him whatever you're giving him dry, no butter, no nothing. Good for him. He likes pasta. I can't even put butter on his pasta. If he tastes the butter, he will take he won't he won't eat it. That's good. Good for him. He must not like the way it feels in his mouth. Yeah. I yeah, know. I don't know what it's about because he didn't always be like that when Cairo used to eat. So Cairo was a breastfed baby from breast milk. I parade, I parade his food myself. I, I meal prepped for him every Sunday up until he turned about 10 and a half months. By the time he was 10 months, he was walking. Once he started walking, I was giving him real food. And when I was giving him real food, I wasn't giving him junk food. He wasn't eating candy chips. He was eating vegetables, just like the way I was parading. He was getting the same food, but just in an actual solid form. Um, he didn't have juice until maybe he turned two. We was only giving him water. And in the summertime, or we wanted him to have like a treat, I would put fruit in his water. But that was the closest thing he had to sugar was his fruit. Um, and he would eat his food or chicken. He loves, he loved broccoli, rice, pasta. And then when he turned two, he just didn't like none of it. Can I ask you a question? Did he get the MMR shot? Yes. Eagles, mumps, and rubella. Did you notice anything different after that? He got that after he turned, a little bit after he turned two. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons that I didn't get him the shot when he was one. When I was in New York, I didn't get it. His The daycare that he was in in New York, I knew the lady. So I told them that I didn't want him to have that shot. So when I he had when I first got him his doctor in New York, his pediatrician was African American. She was from the neighborhood. I I, I searched for a certain p- pediatrician because I wanted them to respect my values as a mom. So mm-hmm. when I found her and then I told her like I didn't want him to I choose I chose not to give him that shot. She respected. And she told me it was a, like, it was the case. She wasn't one of those people that told me like, oh, you need to get it. And then when I asked her, I said, um, I've been reading things that kids are um, becoming on the spectrum after getting this shot. And she told me that she hasn't read studies that it didn't or that it did. And that's what scared me because there's not, mm-hmm. she couldn't find proof that it did. And then you can't find proof that it didn't. So which one is it? Mm-hmm. You just don't it's, know. it's the luck of the draw. You're taking so a chance. That- scared me but when I moved here I had no family no friends I had to give it to him because my back was against the wall which I did not know I could have figured out a way to get like an exemption which I found out afterwards but I did do a lot of research on the shots when he was first born because I was skeptical about that MRR shot so when I did my research and I hadn't found proof which way it goes and people were so unsure and they never confirmed like no it just doesn't it does. It's not tied to it. There's no proof that it's not tied to it. And that's what scared me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have done your due diligence when it comes to Tyra, right? So I like to say that those of us who have been blessed with 
kids on the spectrum. God chose us and God chose yes. you because he knew that you would advocate and do what, what it is that you had, whatever it was that you needed to do for your son. And Correct. You've been doing that. And I want to yeah. say to you, keep up the good work. You're a young mom. And Thank you're doing, you. You, you're doing the daggone thing for sure. Oh yeah. I can't play with my tiny human. I'm not here to play games with the tiny human that I created at least. Mm-mm. <laughs> I, like, I like that. You call him your tiny human. That's what's up. He is my, he is he my is tiny human. human being. That's right. That's right. I have a question. How, how are the families responsive to his um, autism diagnosis? your family dad's family how's everybody responding to this um his family i don't really speak to too many of them that that i talk to about it but his mother she's just like okay that it is what it is um i don't know her true feelings behind it because she's not going to tell me because I don't really care how anyone feels about it but when it comes to um, pretty much that's it yeah. When it comes to my mom, you know, my mom spent a lot of time here with him. So she saw that something was different with him and she saw, she was able to see what I saw and she wanted me to keep pushing and fighting for whatever I needed to do for Cairo. And she, my mom wants to be supportive in whatever way that she can. Um, when it comes to him, um, one of my sisters told me, I guess I can't let her watch this interview. Um, that, uh, when I told her that, um, Cairo was diagnosed with it. She told me that she thought that I was over exaggerating, which, which definitely hurt my feelings because why would you think that I over exaggerate when it comes to my son? Why would you think that I would want to have any concerns for my son at all? Why would you think that I would just, why, why, like what, but you know what? You know what I've learned as I get older, because I just turned 31, is that when people can't relate, they can't relate. And when people are ignorant to certain things, how can I be upset? Well, the thing about it is that if you don't know, you shouldn't say nothing. You should shut up. However, (laughs) some people don't. That's right. (laughs) They some people don't. And I can't take it personal that she didn't understand. And I remember after I found that my diagnose, um, I went to work the next day and I had to log off early because I kind of had a meltdown and I was in my bathroom and I called my little sister. We go, I call her my Iris twin because we are 10 months apart. And my sister, she sat there on the phone with me and she just was like, you need me to come? Like, she didn't ask me no questions. It did not matter what I was crying for. And then my oldest sister, well, why did you call Brittany? Why didn't you call me? Because Brittany's not questioning why I feel the way I feel. If I would have told you, I would have had to explain that I'm crying because although I know that my son is going to be okay, the fact that I had to actually physically hear that he is a little different, it kind of bothers me. Although I knew it already in my heart, but hearing it from someone else besides me as his mother, it bothered me. And I'm human right. and, I'm, and I'm, it's okay that I'm saying that it bothers me. And I'm going to take this moment and I'm going to cry it out for the day. And then the next day, once I'm done and I walk out this room, it's going to be okay because he, there's nothing yet changed how I feel about him, how he viewed in the world. It's just that 
I had a moment and I needed to have my moment to be able to get through it. And I had my moment and I walked away from it. Right. I mean, beauty is that that he, he has been formally diagnosed and now, you know, that world of services opens up to him. Correct. And I I applied for Tefra and I applied for all the things I needed to apply for, for him. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't that, Oh, Carol's autistic and I'm crying because of that. It was just that, like, um, I just had a moment. I had a moment of weakness where I just was afraid. I was, excuse me. It wasn't a moment of weakness. It was your, and and you were allowed to become emotional because you were just informed that your son has been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. So for you to have show vulnerability, there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And to those who can't understand, that's on them. Like you said yeah. earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My emotions are my emotions. Mm-hmm. And I don't care who doesn't understand. I don't. I don't care. And that's Especially why when I chose to call my little sister and I knew that she would understand and I didn't have to explain anything to her. And that's why I chose to call her because I, I knew that she would not. She wouldn't ask me what the problem is. My little sister already knew what the problem The new, The problem is that Ashley needed a moment to keep space. Right. And I, if I need to be there with her while she cried out, then I'm just going to do that. With no judgment. No judgment, no questions asked. And we just stayed on the phone. When I was done, my boyfriend came in the room and he saw I was crying. He was like, something, did I do anything? I'm like, no. I'm like, I just need a moment. He let me have my moment. When I came out of my moment, I was fine. All right, what else I need to do for my son? Because now I know what the problem, not the problem, but I know what I need to direct my energy to. And what do I need to do next? Okay, right. he needs he he needs OT. Okay, he needs this. He needs that. Let me get it done. That's it. That's it. So now it's putting. The I called my in. manager. I said, "Listen, I need to change my schedule. I need to get up at four o'clock every day because I need to take my son to OT. Right. And I I don't need a, a third degree. If this is not going to work for this company, then you need to let me know. And what I will do is find somewhere that best fit my needs. Absolutely. My schedule." You better go ahead and, and be the warrior. I have to. Who else gonna do it for my little tiny human? That drives me nuts. <laughs> he just wants to do it. And he's so he doesn't look like me, but he's so much like me in so many ways. I'm oh, one of those people that whatever I want, I have to get. And that's what that that's what affects my relationship right now with his dad. I've been with his dad since I was 18 years old. I just told you I'm 31. And he's like, it's always your way to the highway. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, it is always my way to the highway. <laughs> and I, I'm trying, I try to do better. I need to do better. And as I get older, I realize that's not the right way, but he's just like me. So what I do is I make him think that it's his way or the highway. I give him options that I know that he can't resist. So I'm that's learning it. him. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, learning how to yeah. learning how to operate in his world. Yeah. His world, I just live in it. That's it. Yeah. And that, that's what it's about. And it's about mm-hmm. giving him the different choices so that he can be allowed to make a choice. Because if we don't, if, if people don't give us options, how can we make a choice, right? Yeah. You can't yeah. always do it, do it for them. We have to allow them because although they may be um, not the typical, so-called typical kid, they're capable and able. And we mm-hmm. can't take that power away from them by just doing everything and saying this for is him. Crazy. Yeah, right. well, he's and, very independent. But we oh, want to play with him. But sometimes we want our we want our kids like because we because they may have some kind of disability. 
that we only know the way to do things. No, give me that option. Give me that choice. Allow me to make a decision. Right? That's yeah, we don't learn. We don't, we don't, we don't give pity on him. When Kyra takes his bath, after he's finished with the toys in the tub, he has to put them away before we before I even take him out the tub. At bedtime, it's time to clean up your toys. If you need help, you say, mommy, need help. If you don't, you put these toys away like I asked you to do. Yes, he knows right. how to put them away. When it's time to throw something in the garbage, he knows how to do it. He he gives me a hard time with the potty train, but I hear that's all boys. He knows to go get a bag. He go poop here, bring me a bag. That's it. I know it's terrible. It's he okay. needs to be potty trained. That's he it. needs to be potty trained, but he already know. Like, all right, I need this bag because I she already gonna give me the third degree that I use the potty in this pull up. So let me bring her the things that she needs so she could be quiet. Exactly. So he knows <laughs> he knows how to manipulate you. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, he do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's all good. But well, Ashley, we want to thank you for this interview. We really do. No problem. Anytime. Uh, it's been a really good interview. You you broke it all the way down for the folks. And we appreciate you. And again, God chose you. Uh, all the best on your journey. And you know we are here for you. You only live a stone throw away, as they say. Continue to advocate. Continue to be strong. And, of course. Uh, yeah. Thank you, ladies. And thank you for all you guys do. Like, all right. really. Well, the problem is that done. we... I know. And I love the fact that I came down here and I, and I, and I met you guys because it's like... At first, I didn't know how big my community, you know, starting over in a new state, it's like just so different. And as soon as I met you guys, and it's so funny that you you actually said to me like, hey, you know, like what brings you here at the walk? And, you know, we were talking and I was just like, oh, these are my people. Yes. <laughs> yes that's and right. It wasn't, and it wasn't because of your color. It was because I can tell that you guys were here for it. And at the time, I didn't know that your son was autistic, but I can just tell that you was here for us. And that's all that mattered. That's it. That's Ooh, it. That's, that's, that's what it's about. But, uh, like you said, we're a little community and we, we yeah. have to stick together. That's yep. it. And yeah. I have to say from that day to, you know, and we've only known you a short time and we're looking forward to knowing you more. But we, of love, course. Your, we love your spirit. And, you you know, so that's, that's definitely what, what draws us to you. That warrior in you is beautiful. Well, thank you. You keep doing Well, let me know if you guys ever need me. I'm here for volunteering. I don't go nowhere. I have the same three friends. We, we all don't go nowhere, actually. We we are all volunteer together. Okay. Okay. We're going to keep that in mind. We're doing something, we're doing something come um, April, Autism Awareness Month, and I'll keep you abreast of what Oh, yeah, I will come. Yeah, let me know. Let me know. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, you ladies, have a good day, okay? All right, you too. All right. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Hi, this is Rebecca Autism and Color. If you are listening to us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, or Google, we want to hear from you. Drop us a line at autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. That's autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. We want to hear your feedback, your thoughts on our shows. If you would like to be on our show, to do a commercial on our show, drop us a line at autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. That's autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you because we are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation.
This is your autism moment on Autism in Color. Hi, this is LaBecky Rowe of Autism in Color. And this is my autism moment. One in 54 children are diagnosed with autism every single day. This is a 10% increase from one in 59. Boys are four to five times more likely to be diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder than girls. The rates for boys is one in 34, while girls, you ready for this number, is one in 145. That's one in 145 girls are diagnosed. There is a vast difference between boys being diagnosed on the spectrum and girls being diagnosed on the spectrum. And this is according to Johns Hopkins University. Also in a book that I read, it states that girls are diagnosed later in life because the criteria for the diagnosis of autism comes from the behaviors that boys display. And while we know boys are different than girls, girls who are diagnosed on the spectrum may not display the same behaviors that boys display. And this has been my autism moment on autism in color. This has been the autism moment on autism in color. Hello world, this is your girl Siobhan from Autism in Color, streaming on Google, Spotify, Apple, and iHeart Podcasts. If you have a story you'd like to tell about autism spectrum disorder, and you'd like to join us for one of our autism talks, drop us a line at autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. Again, that's autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. Or you can give us a call at 704-835-3605. We're waiting to hear from you because here at Autism in Color, we are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. In the conversation. In the conversation. In the conversation.